Ya. Amen, amen. That video kind of fits our church, doesn't it? <laughs> Good morning. Amen. We can put the lights up. I want to catch those people sleeping. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen? Come on, is anybody excited to just love on God? Anybody excited to be someplace where God could love on you? For the next three or four hours, I just want you to relax. Just make yourselves comfortable. And just... Purpose in your heart to say, I'm not going to be a distraction to anybody and I'm not going to be distracted by anybody. Amen? Amen? All right, I'd like to start this morning by just, I, I wanted to take a moment this morning to just thank all of the ministers that were able to allow me to take a break this last bunch of weeks. All of those that held down the pulpit for me these last couple of weeks and were able to bring fresh word, to bring fresh power, our pastors, Gary, Mark, Melissa, the wonderful Lee, the incredible Dr. Mario. Can we just show them some love this morning? Churches, it's, it's healthy for me. It refreshes me to be able to take a couple of weeks out of the year where... I don't have to always think in my head, what's the next thing I'm going to share about? What am I going to talk about this week? What, what stories am I going to share? What scriptures are we going to study? Where, you know, just to, to, to be able to take a couple of weeks, it's, it's, it's refreshing to me to say I can just relax, amen? And it's healthy to, for us to, to take that kind of break. And I, and I appreciate, although it's, I'll be honest with you, it's a tremendous joy for me to, to do what I do here. And if I could pick any job that I would just want to do that, it would be focusing on preaching and teaching. But it's good for me to take a break, amen? But now here's the problem. Have you ever taken a break from something? You ever taken a vacation and kind of got away or, or took a break from something and when it was over, you just couldn't go back? Anybody? <clears throat> You just dreaded diving back into the same routine. Anybody? Besides, you know, besides having a break from here, I, I took a week, a week off from my job, from my because I have a day job at NYU, and so I had a week off from there and a couple of weeks from a week off, you know, a couple of weeks from the pulpit here. And so when I had to come back, when 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 Sunday night came and I had to set my clock for Monday again, the alarm clock, I, it hurt my feelings. Anybody know, you know that feeling? Am I talking to the right crowd? It hurt my feelings to set the alarm clock. I, I hated that app. Getting dressed for work the, the, the morning offended me. The, the clothes I wore offended me. Not, not being able to do the, the things that you did on that break or that time away, it, it got emotional for me. Am I talking to anybody this morning? You know when you just get in that funk and you don't want to do anything? You, you might be there today. You, you might have been there three weeks ago when you came back from a break. 
And, and let me tell you, I realize it's more than just vacation. You might, have, you might be having one of those years where you just can't get to where you know you should be. Anybody there? Where, you know, you, 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 you just can't, can't reach where you once were. You can't get to that place where you want to be. You try, but you, you, you kind of seem like it's not in you. It just seems like it's not you anymore. You want to you wanna get there, but you got nothing left. Anybody been through a season of dryness? Where everything's just dry. Where no matter how hard you try, maybe you've just had enough. Maybe you've just been through too much. Maybe you just you, you think you can't anymore. This is for you today. Can I talk to you today? I got I got smacked with this quote this week in my return, in my fight, in my funk. I got smacked with this quote, and I had it on my Facebook all week, but for those of you that don't have the burden of social media, here's the quote. Love like there's no tomorrow, and if tomorrow comes, love again. Mm. I felt that, that, that shouted, the words love again, just echoed in my heart. It, I felt it with my soul. I heard it echo in my head. It was like the Allstate commercial, but the voice of God, you know, the, 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 and, and just love again. Love today like there's no tomorrow. And if tomorrow comes, love again. And I kept hearing, love again. And I, I don't want to love again. Again, but but I can't. I don't feel like I can love again. But but what if I don't feel it anymore? Love again, and 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 it's like it's like one of those those movies. You know those movies where somebody's in strict training, whether it's ice skating or Rocky or or you know boxing or something. They're in strict training, and that person is is doing this entire routine, and they and and it's a long routine. It's a long set of exercises or a long a long you know routine type of thing and they do it and the trainer's watching them and the trainer is, is checking on them and, and the trainer's usually some little old guy that can't do anything but, but he has the wisdom and he's teaching this person, right? And, and the person goes through this entire routine and he comes back to the trainer and he's, he's out of breath and he's dripping sweat and, and he feels like he nailed it. You know, he feels like, I got it, right? And, and the trainer with very little encouragement, with very little words, with very little expression says, do it again. You know what I'm talking about, right? The trainer says, again. And so the person in, in, in these movies is always like that. The person without a complaint, without a mumble, without a grumble, just <coughs> takes a deep breath, settles in his mind that he has to do it again, and he sets about to doing it again. And, and you, 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 you get exhausted almost thinking about it, and you have to ask yourself, why does he do it again? But you, you know in your heart it's because he knows it's for his own good. It's because he knows that it's the right thing to do. He knows that every time he does it, he's getting stronger. How many of you know I started preaching right from the beginning, right? This is not storytelling time. I'm still preaching. Amen. So, so he knows, why does he do it again? He knows that the more he does it, the easier it is to get through. 
He knows the more times he pushes through it now, the more prepared he's going to be when he has to. The more capable he's going to be. The more able to overcome he's going to be. Does any, is, anybody, is this hitting anybody? Do you understand what I'm saying? We have to do things again and again, even when we don't feel like it. We have to go through the motions sometimes. We have an expression, we say, fake it till you make it. Anybody been there? That's not being a hypocrite. Let's, let, let's, let's, let, let's kind of clarify that. Because we say, well, that's being a hypocrite. You're acting like something that you're not. No, I'm acting like what I know I should be doing. I'm, I'm walking in who I know I should be. Even if I don't feel it, even if I'm not encouraged, even if I'm not excited about it, I know this is who I am. I know this is what I do. And I know this is how I should act. And so God says, do it again. Love again. And so the word of God would say to us today, love like there's no tomorrow. And if tomorrow comes, love again. Why should we love again? Because he first loved us, 1 John 4.19. Why should we forgive again? Anybody struggle with that one? Because we've been forgiven, 1 John 1.9. Do you ever get tired of receiving forgiveness for yourself? All right, it's going to be a quiet day. All right, I'm, I'm cool with that. I encourage my I came excited, so it's all right. We have to forgive again because we've been forgiven again. Why do we try again? Because God says, when you step out in me, I am with you. You are not alone. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you, Joshua 1.5. Why should we love again? Because the love of God will follow you everywhere you go. Psalm 139. Do you, do you get that? That, that scripture kind of, that'll mess your whole theology up if you really get that. God says, where can you go to hide from my love? I, I, I want this to really sit in you today. Where can you go? Do you know that if you chose today to stay home and say, I'm not going to church. Forget that church. You can't hide from the love of God. You know that the love of God will be right there in the Mist of your functified funk, right there with you, say, I'm still here. And he said, well, I'm not going to church, but well, I'm not going to worship. Well, I'm still here. And the word says, if you, if, you, if you go into the sky, there I am. If you make your bed in hell, there I am also. Do you get that God would go anywhere that you are just because you're there? Somebody needs to hear this today because you think church is the only place that God shows up. You think church is this building. This building is a warehouse. This is not a church. Church is you. Church is God's people, amen? And wherever you are, there is the church. And wherever the church is, there is God because God lives inside the church. So wherever you go, you can't hide from the love of God, amen? Because we were created to, because we were called to, because nothing else will satisfy or take the place. You know how less frustrated you would be if you would understand that nothing can satisfy the God-shaped hole that's in you? Nothing can satisfy 
Listen, if you've been fighting the funk that you're in, let me tell you this. Things that we've found out and that we've discovered, you can't beat it with liquor. Some of you smiling because you've tried. You can't shake it with drugs. Because there isn't just there isn't enough drugs to keep going, amen? So you can't you can't beat it with liquor, you can't shake it with drugs, you can't well, watch it, this is dangerous now. You can't soothe it with sex. <laughs> you can't write it with relationships. I thought if I just had the right person with me, everything would be all right. I thought if I just found the right one, everything would be all right. I thought if I could just get some, then I'd be happy. And my wife walks in in the middle of that verse. <laughs> Trust me, it fits. It ties in. You know what fights the funk? Gratefulness fights the funk. I discovered that this week. You got to get this. Gratefulness will fight the funk. When you're, when you're down on yourself, when you're, listen, first of all, hashtag, get over yourself. Hashtag, snap out of it. Hashtag, it's not about you. Gratefulness fights the funk. When you get the focus off of yourself, then you realize you got nothing to be funkified about. I love, there's a famous quote that says, I cried because I had no shoes. I got all the ladies' attention. Everybody felt the pain. Oh, my God. No shoes. Heaven forbid. They're speaking blasphemy up in that church. There's a famous quote that says, I cried because I had no shoes until I met a man with no feet. Oh, man. A grateful heart beats the funk. As a kid, did you, God, God showed me this picture yesterday. Did you ever play rock, paper, scissors? Come on, it's what poor kids play. We don't have any games, so we got to make stuff up. And, and I guess somebody a long time ago made this stuff up so we could have a game to play without spending any money. You know how it goes, two people? You go, one, two, three, shoot. And I don't know. I didn't play it too often. But, you know, you each throw a rock, a paper, or a scissor, and, and depending on which one you throw, one beats the other. So this is the rock, this is scissor, rock beats scissor, so he won. Or, or you can shoot and say, well, this is paper, this is, well, scissor cuts paper, so scissor wins. You, you understand the game? And you, and you well, 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 God, God showed me this. Listen, worship beats depression. Oh, come on, come on, this is good, this is good. This is good. Some of you want to... Shoot down depression all the time. You want to shoot down sadness all the time. You want to worship beats depression. You want to win the game every time worship beats depression. Truth beats gossip. Come on. Come on. When you come with the gossip, truth will always beat gossip. Encouragement slaps down pride. Encouragement, you want to win every time. You want to stay encouraged. You want to stay focused. You want to stay ahead. You want to be on top. You want to get above and, and be where you need to be. Encouragement always beats everything else. It slaps down pride. In other words, no matter what anyone throws down at you, 
God's love conquers all. Somebody should be excited over here. His love conquers all. <coughs> when you learn about this love, the way God loves you, tell somebody, you can't beat me in this game. You can't beat me in this game. I got this game. I'm going to win every time. I'm speaking truth. I'm coming against gossip. I'm bringing, I'm, I'm speaking encouragement. I, it beats pride. It beats depression. I'm, I'm coming with a grateful heart. I'm going to be grateful. Instead of coming at you complaining, I'm coming at you grateful. Instead, I could complain. We could all complain about a hundred different things. I wish I was taller. I wish I was skinnier. I wish I was heavier. I wish, I wish this. I wish that. I wish I was prettier. I wish I was this. I wish my hair was this. I wish my thing. We could come at a hundred things or we could come and say, God, I'm so thankful, God. I'm so thankful, God, for everything you've given me. I'm so thankful, God, for the things you have in my life. I'm so thankful, God. I, I, I wish I had a BMW X6, but God, I have a car that starts every morning. Praise God. I wish I had this, but God, I have this. I wish I had this, but God, I have this. Some people would love, some people's wish list is the thing that we're not grateful for. Oh, come on. Come on. That's a reality check right, right here. That's a reality check. Some people's wish list, some people dream of the things that we, big deal. I wish I had this. But some people on this level are wishing, they're looking at the stuff you had and they say, man, you're a millionaire. You don't realize how rich you are. You got friends that love you. You got people surrounded. You got a body of Christ around you, encouraging you. You don't realize what you had. I wish I had you. Tell somebody, you can't beat me in this game. His love covers over a multitude of sins. Throw whatever you want at me. His love never fails. Say what you want about me. His love protects, it trusts, it hopes, and it perseveres. Say what you want to. Bring it. <laughs> That's the echo. Bring it. His love protects, trusts, it hopes, and it perseveres. First Corinthians. Listen, one of the most beautiful. Somebody's excited over there. Amen. <laughs> He don't bother me, man. You can keep him right there. Don't worry about it. Don't go nowhere. God wants to talk to you. <laughs> Crying babies don't mess us up. You can stay right there. We love him. We hug him. We kiss him. That's all right. My love is greater. Amen. One of the most beautiful things I witnessed this week it happened on social media, believe it or not. This was a very eventful week, to say the least. We had two family members from the families here at our church who passed away. We had a single mom who had a real scare with one of her kids. It was a very hard week, and as each one posted what they were going through or the facts became known to the church family, the comments ignited prayer, and, and they started pouring in. And I watched as two comments came in. I'm praying for you, my sister. 
I'm standing with you. And I watched as two comments be- became four comments. Listen, we're going to get through this together. I'm here for you. Anything you need, we're here to, to, to be with you. I'm standing with you. Four comments became eight comments. Anything I can do to help? Is there, is there anything we can do? Is there anything we can, we can help with? Eight comments turned to 28 comments to, to 32 comments, and it was growing. And then, and then you saw on the same thing how pictures were being posted of people that went to stand with people. And it was the most beautiful thing. It was the body of Christ becoming... Acting like the body of Christ. Amen? Mother Teresa said once, we won't have peace until we learn that we belong to one another. I wish we could get a realization of what that means. We belong to one another. I don't even know some of you. You don't even know me. You just know that's the crazy long-haired pastor. But we belong to one another. We're a body together. We make up one body. We won't have peace until we learn. And, and all of this came through tragedy. It came through heartache. <coughs> Family, I don't know what kind of funk you're fighting today. I don't know how serious it is. I don't know how far you're feeling today. I don't know how far from God, how far from people, how disconnected you feel today, how lonely you might feel. I don't know how long you've been dealing with this. I don't know how hard you've been struggling with rejection or, or, or failure or disappointment or discouragement. What I can tell you today is that sometimes God has to make us uncomfortable before He can comfort us. Sometimes God allows us to to be uncomfortable so that His love can comfort us. I don't know where you are in your relationship with God today. I don't know what you came today hoping to find. But all I have to give you today is the good news of the gospel. And so what I want to do right now in closing, I want to end with this picture of the gospel. It's an illustration that... I, I saw it on, on YouTube or I saw it someplace and I, I didn't agree with the theology behind it. And so I said, you know what, it's, a, it's an incredible illustration. I'm going to change it and make it my own. So it's a picture that I pray would stay with you and hopefully be forever printed in your heart. I want to share with you the gospel in chairs. The gospel in chairs. In the beginning, God created man in his image. And Adam and Eve, through, dis- through deception, through disobedience, turned from God. And when they realized that they were naked and ashamed, they hid from God and they ran from God. But God came and confronted them and dealt with them. 
and said, why are you hiding? And why? And, and Adam and Eve had tried to cover themselves up and they, they tried to make clothes out of fig trees and they tried to cover up their shame. But God loved them again and created a covering for them and loved them and accepted them. And so now they have a family and there's, in the family there's Cain and there's Abel, some of the sons. And Cain turns from God. And Cain wants to do things his own way. He kills his brother Abel and God confronts Cain. He comes to him. He says, what is it that you're doing? Where's your brother? And, and Cain decides he's not going to, I'm, I'm not going to serve you. I'm not going to be with you. He turns from him. And so Cain has to suffer the punishment of being a murderer in that time, which means he had to live in a certain place in an island where murderers lived. And so he had to live among murderers. But God puts a mark on Cain. God loves Cain again, puts a mark on him so that everyone that sees the mark on Cain would never touch him and he would never... So God protected him forever. Praise God. All throughout the Word, man turns from God. Man chooses their own way, they turn from God. And all throughout the Word, we see God comes to man. And loves him again. All throughout the word. We see it with Abraham. Abraham had a calling of God. God had an awesome calling on his life. God said, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to have this promise for you. Abraham, when things got scary or when things got difficult, he turned and did things his own way. And what does God do? God loves again. And he confronts Abraham and he says, I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to be there with you. All throughout the world, here sits a man named David. David, God was with David since, since he was little, protected him, and had an anointing and a covering on his life. And then one day, David sees Bathsheba. And David turns from God. And he does things his own way. And he wants to do things. And then he lies and cheats and, 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 and sin progresses. Listen, God, the enemy will always take you farther than you wanted to go, keep you longer than you wanted to stay, and make you pay more than you intended on paying. And what does God do? God comes to David. And God loves on David again. And David becomes the man after God's own heart, a worshiper, a true king. He becomes a, an incredible man of God. And then, so what happens after this? God decides he'll take on humanity. And so God takes on flesh. He becomes, comes as Jesus. And he takes on humanity and so that he can heal humanity. And so now Jesus is walking the earth and here sits a woman. This woman has had five husbands. She's looked for love in all the wrong places, looked for satisfaction and healing in, in every place, in relationships, in sex, and, and through, through that kind of relationship, but still has not found it. The man she's with now isn't even one of those five husbands. And here she is at the well, and she comes to the well to get to draw water at the hottest point of the day. She doesn't come when everybody else comes. She comes at the hottest point of the day. Why? To avoid the other ladies. To avoid the gossip. To avoid the looks. To avoid the smirks. She's disrespected. Nobody loves her. Nobody trusts her. Nobody wants her around their husband. 
So she comes in the middle of the day when it's the hottest to get water at the well. And here comes Jesus. She's turned away from, from, from everything that she knows, turns the way. She's learned how to live her way. And what does God do? God meets her at the well. And God sits with her. And she says, why are you talking to me? Jews are not even supposed to talk to, to Samaritans. Nonetheless, they're not even supposed to talk to women. And God says, I have the water of life. If you drink from me, you will never thirst again. And this woman goes out into the village and the entire city is transformed. She says, come and meet a man that knows all about me and still accepts me. And still loves me. God sits with her, confronts her sin, and accepts her. Here's a man. Consumed by greed. Want to get ahead. Want to get the best job possible. He wants to, to have the most money so he can get all the, the good things. He becomes a tax collector in that time. And as a tax collector, he's cheating everybody, he's robbing everybody. He is despised among men. Nobody cares for Zacchaeus. Nobody wants to be his friend. He's rejected by, he's hated as a tax collector, just like a lot of, anyway. And he's turned from God. He's cheating. He's doing the things he knows just to get ahead. He's motivated by greed. And what does God do? God sees him, watching him. And he says, Zacchaeus, and he loves him again. He says, Zacchaeus, today I want to come, come down today, I want to eat in your house. And to eat with someone back then was a big thing. To break bread with someone was a really big thing. And Jesus was criticized and ridiculed because he sat with sinners. And he says, Zacchaeus, come, I won't reject you. I won't neglect you. I'll love you again. Somebody say amen. Here's a man possessed by a legion of demons. We don't know what he's done in his life, but at this point in his life, he's possessed. He's oppressed by dark spirits. He's oppressed by the darkness of the occult. And, and people say he's oppressed by a legion of demons. And he's so bad that he, nobody can live around him because he's violent. He's crazy. And so they have him. He's living in a cemetery. And he's lost his mind. He, he's lost his clothes. He walks around naked. Every time they try to tie him up and, and, and lock him up, he supernaturally he breaks the chains and, and he's free. And so nobody goes near that little cemetery. He lives there. And, and he's totally apart from God. He's out of his mind at this point. The enemy has him lost and, and, and like a wild, like a crazy person. And what does God do? Jesus crosses over. The, the, the river there and goes to the cemetery and he calls the demons out of him and he sets them free and, and he heals them and he restores them and the man regains his clothes, he regains his mind, he regains who he was called to be and God heals him. Somebody say amen. <coughs> Here's a man that walked with God, walked with Jesus. He was one of his disciples. And at the end, right at the end of, of, of Jesus' ministry, right before he was going to be crucified, we're right at that end. He's walked with them all of this time. 
And right at that end, he's confronted by a teenager. Aren't you one of the ones that walked with Jesus? And he says, no, that's not me. And he's confronted again. Yeah, weren't you one of those disciples? And he says, no, that's not me. And three times they confront him and says, aren't you one of his? And he says, no, I'm not. And what does Jesus do? After he raised from the dead, the angel of the Lord appears at the tomb and he tells the people that first get to the tomb, he says, tell the disciples and Peter that, I've arose, that I rose again and that I go, I'm going to go and meet with him. Jesus loves Peter again. And now at this point here is an angry crowd that are disillusioned with King Jesus. He's not the king that they thought he was going to be. He's not the ruler that they thought he was going to have. He's not going to come. He didn't come to overthrow the Roman Empire. And so they spit on him. And they curse him. And they crucify him. They turn from God. And now because it is appointed unto man now since the fall, once to die... He dies. And now what does God do? God takes on humanity and goes to the grave with him. And in the grave, he goes to the grave with him. And then God says, but wait, I am the resurrection and the life. And, and no one that calls upon me will die but have everlasting life. And he raises from the dead and he, and he brings resurrection. He, he visits and brings resurrection. So even in his humanity, he lays down his life and he takes it back up again. Whoever believes in me will have everlasting life. So that today, here's a teenager that wants to do things their own way. They want to go, they want to do what everybody else is doing. They want to live like everybody else is doing. They want to do, they want to experience things. They say this, this, this church thing is not for me or this or whatever. They want to do what they want to do. And so what does God do? God comes and confronts them. And God loves them again. And God says, I love you. And I have plans for you. I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. I have plans to, to, to heal you and to restore you. Family, here's a husband who's tried to do the right things, try to get things, but, but realizes he, he just kind of trips up and he falls and he strays. And, and, and because he's not active, because he's not pursuing and, and, and being the man and being the, the, the man, the, the, the priest that he's called to be, slowly but surely, how many of you see this happening? Slowly but surely, he turns from God. Before he finds himself totally away from God, totally against God, totally separated and disconnected. And what does God do? He loves again. And he confronts this man. And he says, I love you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm still here. Here's a person right here today. 
going through the motions, but turned away from God. Sure, church is a habit, but that's all church is. Church is a habit. And so today, what does God do? God loves again and confronts again and says, Man, husband, father, I've called you for greater things than this. I've set you apart. I have made you a royal priesthood. My hand is on you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will go with you everywhere you go. God confronts man once again. See, church, the picture that I want you to see today, the gospel that I want to leave with you today, is that no matter how many times you turn, some of you might remember when you have stubborn children and you say things to them and they... And a lot of times that's us in our, in our, in our spiritual walk. And we're turning, no, no, I'm not going to, no, no. And, and, and I want you to see that God says, yes, yes, I'm still with you. 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 And some of you might think, but no, if I turn away, then it's settled and God doesn't want me. And God says, no, I love you again. While there's still breath in your lungs, I'm going to love you again. And you say, but no, no, I, I don't want to love you. I don't want you to love me. I want to do this, this way and this way. I want my horoscopes and my this and my other religions. And God says, no, there is no nothing else but me. There is no other name under heaven or earth by which you can be saved. He said, no, but I, I trust in the saints. And God says, I created the saints. You are the saints. And he said, no, but I trust in the stars. And God says, I got the stars numbered. You don't know nothing about the stars. And you say, church is all about rules and regulations. And God says, you're going to the wrong church. Church, church is about my love for you. I don't want to, but I want you. I don't want you, but I want you. And so the picture that I want to leave with you today. Mark, you can... Turn those chairs. The picture that I want you to I want to leave with you today. And I pray this picture will be in your heart forever. If you forget every single thing I said today, I know that this picture of the white chairs, that's fine will always haunt you. This picture of the white chairs will always be in your memory. You messed up coming today. You shouldn't have been here today. If you wanted to, to do things your own way, if you wanted to stray, if you wanted to fall back, you shouldn't have come today. You made a mistake showing up today. Because this picture will never get out of your head. No matter where you are, no matter what you do, God says, I love you and I'm turned towards you. 
I'm turned towards you. You say, but I've done this and I've done that. And you don't know where I come from. And you don't know what I... God says, I'm turned towards you. I know all about you. And I still love you. And you say, God, you don't understand me. God says, I know every hair on your dumb head. On your stubborn head. I know and I love you. And, and you can't get this out of your head. God is turned towards you. God is turned towards you. God is turned towards you. So the altars are open. You respond however you'd like to today.
to the chairs today, just respond. I believe God is calling all of us. This illustration was so amazing that it reminded me of just how much God loves and the fact that you cannot run. Your little feet can't make you run fast enough to run away from the love of God. Because if you could escape God's love, then you're saying there's an expiration date on the blood that was shed. And there's no expiration date on that blood. The blood is valid for you not really knowing, but you might have came here really and you had no intention to hear what you just heard, but God is in your face right now saying, I love you, and I will continue to love you, and even if you make your bed, together to our feet and just sing this you won't relent, sir. Come be the fire. 